um, Mary. Um, you're now to the interview portion of the uh, process. Um, we have 30 minutes allocated um, for your interview. Uh, there will be uh, questions. We'll rotate the questions from the council. Um, staff will let us know when there's 10 minutes left so you can kind of gauge uh, where you are in the process. And then it will also get an indication when there's three minutes left and whatever question you're on, kind of wrap it up and then we'll give you a chance to kind of give your statements why you'd be a great addition to the city council. Uh, so I think at this point we're starting with Scott. Mm. Yeah. Hi, Mary. Thanks uh, for your application. Uh, in reading your application, you'd mentioned uh, you being a co-founder of the Napa Valley Business Incubator. Uh, we hear a lot, and we've heard a lot today about jobs, creating jobs, and attracting jobs. Uh, why didn't the incubator that you were working on, why did it not succeed? That's an excellent question, and I'd like to say thank you again for having me at this point. I appreciate this opportunity. Um, the Napa Business Incubator, um, we fulfilled our purpose of starting the conversation, which I think is a really important part of the process. Um, ultimately, we were unsuccessful in setting up a physical incubation space. Um, I don't think that we're completely done yet. I think we still have some work to do, and I think it can happen. I think it needs to happen in Napa. Um, but like I said, the most important thing that we did was start the conversation. And you know, we, part of our general plan is economic development, and it's something that we're constantly working on. Um, and this idea of an incubation space has come up, and it's kind of been thrown around. And um, we wanted to delve further into that to see what we could do, to see if we could make it happen. Um, but also just to have the opportunity to sit down with stakeholders, uh, local business owners, local um, government officials, you know, and talk to them about what's important. You know, what resources does Napa have? What businesses do we already have and what do we need more of? Um, you know, some of the things that came up in those conversations were really interesting. And I think we can use that information, even though we're not doing a business incubator today, um, I think that information is useful. And it's a conversation that we need to keep having. Um, you know, some of the information that we heard over and over again was that there's not enough resources for small businesses. And as a small business advisor, personally, I, I find that hard to believe. I know about the chamber, and I know about the Small Business Development Center, and I know what the city does. Um, so maybe there's a communication issue where this information isn't getting to the right people. So maybe that's something that we need to work on. That, that came up a lot in conversations. Um, but ultimately, I do think that we will have some kind of incubation space. I know that Todd Sapolsky is working, um, at least with early designs for his, his um, his project he was talking about having incubation space so hopefully that will work out um, you know the JAL facility turned out to not be appropriate for what we were doing and it has, has a different use now um, but I think that there are other places where we could have that kind of space and not just for incubation but also I think um, shared space um, a lot of small businesses are saying you know I, I work from home I wish I had a conference room that I could use um, you know, I wish I had an office that I could go to for a couple of hours just to get out of the house. And we don't really have a lot of that space here in Napa. We have available office and manufacturing space and retail space, um, but we don't have anything that's dedicated to that kind of temporary use, which I think would be really useful in Napa. So we didn't get an incubator, but we did have some really important conversations. Thank you. Councilwoman Inman. Uh, <clears throat> 
and this is a, a short question, might elicit a long answer. What do you think it takes to be an effective community leader? Oh, that, that is a short question with a long answer. Um, an effective community leader, I think, first and foremost, is involved in the community. Um, I think they're also a good communicator. And when I say communicator, I don't mean that they speak well. I, I mean that they listen well. Um, a lot of what I think a leader does is active listening, um, really making sure that people feel heard. Um, you know, I think you need to know your, your local, um, your city. Um, I've done leadership in Napa Valley. I have a pretty good understanding of what our city looks like. And as a business owner, I have a really good understanding of what it's like to, um, to start and run a business here. Um, in terms of being involved in the community, um, I think I have demonstrated a level of commitment. Um, I've been involved. I, you have a list of all of my community service experience. I have a problem with saying no. Um, I say yes to a lot of things. And because I'm an efficient and hard worker, which is an important part of being a leader, um, I often get elected to leadership positions, um, you know, for better or for worse, usually for better. Um, you know, uh, I think being young is helpful to being a good leader. Um, I know most people think when you're thinking of a good leader, you think of a lot of experience. Um, and when you're a young person, you might not have as much experience. It's hard for me to have 20 years on the, you know, planning commission. I would have been 12 when I started. Mm -hmm. um, so it's important to have experience in a different kind of way. Um, but I think it's also important to be young and to be willing to be a leader. You know, willing to be a leader is an important part of it. You can't be a, a passive leader. You have to be active and wanting to do it. Um, I think someone this morning mentioned that 37% of the city of Napa is Hispanic. Um, I think it's important to mention that 67% is under the age of 50. Um, we have a huge youth voice in Napa um, that's not really being presented currently. And I think it's important that we get that section of the community um, active and wanting to be leaders. Uh, Councilmember Mott. Uh, Mayor, you talked about uh, a desire to increase affordable housing stock um, here in the community. And, you know, certainly one of the ways is, um, you know, I've talked with other members about the different ways we raise revenue here. Uh, RTOT currently is at 14%, 12% for uh, the city and 2% for the county-wide T-bid. Uh, one of the ways would certainly be raising the TOT. Is that something you would advocate for? And do you think there's a ceiling? And if not, why not? I think when you look at our budget and our revenues and our expenditures, um, and you take a look at our revenues in particular, we have about 20, I think it's about 25 million in property taxes, and then you have about 14 million in sales tax and 14 million in, in TOT. Um, that's a pretty big number. Um, I think that there are things that we can do to balance those numbers without necessarily increasing the actual percentage. For example, um, with the vacation rental ordinance, I know that's probably going to be coming up soon. Um, there are people in Napa who illegally have vacation rentals, they don't have a permit, and they want to pay TOT. Um, we need to give them the opportunity to do that. And we need to, you know, go back and take a look at the whole situation and, and figure out how best to do that. Um, I went to the, the vacation rental discussion a couple of weeks ago. And what I gained from that is that, you know, there's a group of people who are working really hard, who paid the money, who bought the permit, who are following all of the rules, um, and they're paying taxes, and that's great. 
and then you know that's 42 people in the city of Napa and then you go on Airbnb and there's several hundred people who have vacation rentals up and that's all TOT that we're losing so we need to come up with a way to you know take advantage of that um, you know figure out how we're going to enforce the ordinance because I think that's a big part of it we don't have a lot of teeth behind it um, you know we we just aren't able to really follow through yet and I think we have an opportunity to really go through that ordinance and you know take some more of that TOT and so do you think 14% is where we should be is in terms of the community where um, our TOT that we're charging again people who live outside of the community are here to visit you know it's it's not my job necessarily to make that decision it's my job to lead that conversation and I think that's an important conversation for the community to have to find what works best for everyone Okay. thank you very much so just let me piggyback a bit on that last question about the Airbnbs and and um, you know how do you weigh the conversation what you just had about there's some money out there that the city could be realizing from these rentals uh, versus the conversation about these are rentals that should be going for people that are working here um, that need a place to live yeah I mean it's it's a really complex issue um, because you also have affordable housing that gets involved in that because that's housing that is coming out of our housing stock people who are working here but they can't afford to live here they have to live in Fairfield and commute and then what does that do to our traffic also um, you know it's a complex issue that kind of goes into a lot of other different issues um, you know I think there's some things that we could do with the vacation rental ordinance that might help um, I think not just for that but also with affordable housing I think we could take a look at how we treat second units um, and I think you know going back to the vacation rental who gets to own the permit um, you know it's one thing to have somebody who lives in Napa who maybe has the house next door or something who's monitoring that house and watching um, the people who come in and rent and you know how they're behaving and if they're following the rules it's quite another for somebody from you know another county or even another state to buy several properties and not be here and not follow the rules and you know and they're taking potential TOT so um, there's lots to delve into there, there is. Um, you've you um, have a degree in political science and you've worked for a congressman what what experience did that give you what 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 did you take away that's relevant to this the biggest thing that I learned from that um, I had a conversation with the congressman that I worked for and I will never forget it he I asked him um, as a young woman what's the best way for me to get involved in politics you know I want to help I want to do what I can what path should I take and his advice to me was um, do your own thing make your own money be successful you know own a business if you want to but be successful so that um, one you have the experience you know what you're doing and two you're not in anyone's pocket and I think that was some really good advice and I've I follow that I've um, I've not let other people um, you know kind of have any persuasion about how I, I make decisions I've, I've always been a, a pretty honorable person and I've learned to work hard and start my own business and um, you know I have that experience now where I can I can relate to people a little bit better thank you Scott during the, the morning interviews I was making hash marks on uh, common themes uh, in the one common thread and theme all morning that got the most little scratch marks was their 
love of the city of Napa. One, <coughs> in one or two words, oh God. you can maybe expand a little bit on it, but what do you love most about Napa? What is it about Napa that Mary Luros loves? In one to two, okay, if I had to pick one word, I think I would say balance, which is kind of an interesting word to use. I think our city balances many different circles. I, I, my husband and I always laugh about there are many different kinds of Napa, um, and we all balance really well together. Um, if I had to pick a second word, I would say beautiful. We are so incredibly lucky to live in such a beautiful community. Um, I just drove up yesterday up Valley, and I was just totally overwhelmed by you know, the, the vineyards and the balloons coming, you know, popping through the sky. And it's just, it's a beautiful place to live. We're very lucky to live here. Thanks. Julie. Yes. <clears throat> Sometimes we have very contentious hearings. And, uh, and on one side, we may have a, a group of neighbor, may, neighbors or big neighborhood area. And on the other, on the other hand, we have uh, our staff, uh, recommendation for a certain um, a certain project <clears throat> um, how would you balance the desires of a neighborhood versus a staff recommendation that's a tough question um, a lot of what I do as an attorney is conflict resolution and I think in that situation you really have to respect the process we have certain channels in place for a reason um, our I think the city staff works exceptionally hard to do the research and to you know, come up with creative solutions when they can, and sometimes we're not able to. And I think the really important thing is to make sure that our citizens are heard and that they feel heard. Um, that sometimes is hard to do. Um, so that's half the battle, is making sure they're heard. It's also an opportunity for us when a citizen comes to us and says, you know, I don't want just the Justin Siena development because, um, you know, the response time for the fire, plate, the fire station is going to be affected or the traffic is really bad or the sidewalks are really bad in certain neighborhoods. That's an opportunity for us to say, okay, we need to, you know, whatever's going on besides the development, we need to look at traffic here. We need to look at sidewalks here. We need to look at the fire station. Um, and we need to make sure that we're doing all the things with infrastructure that we can. So it is difficult. Um, it's hard to balance, but I think the key is to listen um, to make sure our citizens are heard and to do its best that goes along with the general plan. That's why we have that vision. Thank you. Councilmember Mott. <clears throat> yeah, you know, I want to carry that along a little bit further because there's, you know, it's one of the challenging things um, is that uh, another one of these examples is a sign ordinance um, here in town in that uh, you have small business like yourself, you're going to be, if you're on the council, you'll be um, sort of the small business lawyer person. You know, that we, we all kind of get designated somehow, and, and uh, except for Scott, he's not really definable. Um, not not firemen? <laughs> I was giving him a bone there. <laughs> what about the puppies and the kitties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, one of the challenges is uh, either whether it's for, so we're, and it's a small community, so we're all going downtown, we're all in different restaurants, we're all dealing with these businesses who are, are saying these things. We sit in front of uh, community members, even though we have passed ordinances we feel are appropriate and strong, um, that we, um, you know, that we stand by, and that's our role, that's our job as elected officials is to, 
is to make good policy and then stand by those policies and be able to walk through a room of, of people who aren't very happy with you and businesses who aren't very happy seeing you in, in town uh, for their own personal reasons, and I always understand that. How, explain how you'll deal with that personally. Sure. So I think you all do bring something different and special to the table. Um, I think as an attorney, I would fit into that really well, um, not only as an attorney, but as a small business advisor. Um, I think when you're talking about something like the, uh, the sign ordinance, you have to be flexible. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a great ordinance, and we did a good job on it. Um, but then you look at, at businesses like Molinari's Cafe, where he still doesn't have his gas turned on. You know, it's been five months, and, you know, he's really struggling. So we need to kind of be a little flexible, I think, with that. Um, in terms of, you know, just dealing with, you know, making decisions and being able to stick with them, I'm an attorney. I don't know if you know this, but people don't like us. We've had to, uh, we've had to develop some pretty thick skin, um, you know, and that's part of the process. You're not always going to make everybody happy. And a big part of what I do is conflict resolution. And typically, I, I always tell my clients, the best settlement is when nobody's happy, because that means that everybody has bent a little bit. Thank you very much. Mary, have you looked, I mean, obviously you have, at, at your clients and who you're dealing with, and um, do you see a conflict of interest uh, between what you do for work and your sitting on the city council? I don't currently, um, but there is, of course, always the potential for a conflict of interest. Um, conflicts of interest are something that I spend a lot of time on anyway, um, but I don't see any current conflicts. It doesn't mean that there couldn't be potential conflicts in the future, um, but I would work with the city attorney to take care of those conflicts. I mean, conflicts come up. It happens. Not a big practice in land use? I mean, I, I do land use, um, but there's nothing that's coming, how do I say this? There's nothing that's coming up that would be of concern. Vice Mayor Sedgley. Member Mott, you can define me as the water monitor. Okay. <laughs> water boy? Uh, if that fits, water boy's good. Uh, you know, today is the end of January, and we are going to complete the month with zero rainfall. Terrible. Uh, and so, aside from conservation efforts that we've been doing to conserve water. That's kind of that low-hanging fruit again. Where do you see our potable water supply uh, in the agricultural market as far as irrigation of agricultural crops? Sure. Um, I'm also very concerned about water. It's, it's gorgeous out. I think it's something like 75 degrees out right now. It's beautiful, um, but it's very dry, and we really need water. Um, I personally would like to see a secondary water system, uh, a recycling water system. Um, I think our water department is doing a really good job, but I think we could improve. We could always improve on our infrastructure. Um, I think the program where we're pulling um, plants, you know, lawns and stuff out and compensating people, that's great, but then you have situations like agriculture um, or, you know, football fields or golf courses where we're watering those with potable drinking water and it's such a waste. Um, we could be using recycled water, um, and I know it's going to cost a lot of money, um, but I think it's important. It's important for our future. I agree. I don't believe we have any other choice. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Inman. How 
would you handle a policy discussion where you may disagree with the positions or political values of the other council members? And then how do you maintain a collaborative relationship afterwards? Well, I think that would be the ideal situation if we all disagree on something, because that means that we're, we're putting a lot of thought into it. Um, we're coming from different places, and we're uh, representing different portions of the community. Um, you know, the whole community is never going to all agree on one thing. That's just never going to happen. It's important to have discourse and to talk things through and to challenge ideas. Um, so I don't see that as a problem. I see that really as an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I work with opposing counsel all the time. Napa's a small town, and there's, there's only so many attorneys in town, and we fight every day, but we're all still friends afterwards. Um, you know, it's part of the job. Okay. Thank you. Councilmember Mott. I'm doing great. You're getting through lots of questions. Yeah. Quick and efficient. Um, during the um, city-county affordable housing study we did for about a year, um, which we haven't got around to implementing a lot of, but we're trying to. Uh, government moves very slow. Um, we talked about a second unit policy where there would be second units in the city by right. And so as long as the setbacks were, um, uh, you had appropriate setbacks, uh, you know, you could build a second unit. And we even talked to some extent about reduction of fees and those kind of policies to encourage second units by right. Are you concerned at all if that policy was implemented? A, do you support it? And B, if it was implemented, that it takes away from a neighbor's uh, right to sort of contest, you know, additional people living on the property next door to them. I mean, it kind of takes away public's right to uh, a, a, an expectation of what they're going to uh, have next door after they've bought their house, per se. Sure. So just taking a step back, the report that you're discussing, um, the Affordable Housing Task Force report from 2013, I was really excited to read it. Um, I've been on the board of directors for Napa Valley Community Housing. I'm excited to see conversations happening about affordable housing. Um, I've been disappointed to not see some of those action items. It just seems like it would be so easy for us to prioritize, you know, here's something that we could do that's low cost and high efficiency and it would just we could just knock it out and I think the second unit issue is one of those things that we could do pretty easily um, now whether I'm for it personally or you know the second part of your question um, it's less important um, again it's important that we respect the process and that we have um, you know give our, our citizens an opportunity to discuss all of the issues that surround this and then take that information you know along with the information from the staff um, and make the best possible decision and lead that conversation um, you know it's another another case of wanting to lead the conversation and not just decide ahead of time what I want thank you so I appreciate it and um, when what you when you what you wrote in your application and it was 20 years from now what will the city of Napa look like and Napa 2035 has one foot in the past respecting appreciating and learning from its history and one foot in the future envisioning and planning for communities even better mm -hmm. so um, you become a city council member today what what would be one thing you'd want to do in the next year or so I mean the big thing that I really want to work on is economic development um, it's not something that is going to be solved in a day or in a year. Um, I think it's a very complex issue, but it's such an important part of, um, of our general plan of what our city is doing, and it affects so many other parts of what we're doing. Um, we need to retain businesses like um, Santon. Um, we need to 
draw new businesses and attract new businesses, and not only new businesses, but a diverse diversity of businesses. Um, I think we're starting to kind of get <coughs> stuck on the same things. I would love to see some tech coming into Napa. Um, that's tough, though, because, you know, you're talking about bringing in a big tech company with 100 employees. We don't have space for, <laughs> we don't have space for them. We don't have housing. Um, we don't have the infrastructure. So that's a big project, and it's something that I'd like to work towards. Scott, you get one more. I appreciate uh, your, your belief in leading the conversation, but eventually the conversation stops. And then that's when the buck stops here, and so decisions are made. Uh, and so, you know, an example is the Linda Vista Bridge. Example would be Justin Siena. Uh, another thing that we've been trying to lead the conversation, you know, I have for two years, is consolidation of certain services. Uh, police and fire being the biggest uh, sec high sections of the budget. Uh, what piece of law enforcement or fire could we consolidate uh, to save uh, precious revenue. You know it would be great if, if we could take all of the city buildings that are scattered all around the town and we could consolidate them into one building or you know fewer buildings. Um, I know that's not quite exactly what you're asking but I think that'd be a great way to and it's gonna cost money but I think in the long run we'd save money by doing that. Um, you know right now we have this this great city hall um, which is in a prime location um, we don't need to be right here. We could sell this building, we could raise some funds, we could join up with all of the other parts of the city um, in one area or one building, um, and I think be more efficient and sell this and make some, a little bit of revenue. Um, I think that would be a great way to kind of consolidate some of our services. Thank you. Julie, do you have a quick one? Um, yeah, I'll ask a, a real quick one. Um, how would you go about preparing for your new role as a council member? You know, other than the the preparation that you've done so far. That's tough. I've actually done a lot of preparation just even preparing for this interview. Um, I think because I'm not from Napa, I still have a lot to learn about Napa. Um, you know, I have done leadership and I've done programs like that where I've learned a lot. Um, I'm still learning things. I just was at a discussion uh, yesterday at the Kiwanis Club where we had the um, Historical Society come in, and it was interesting to hear some of the stories about you know, the past Napa. Um, I don't know a lot about historical Napa, and I think that would be, um, it would behoove me to learn more about our city and how we started and where we came from, um, because it's hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you came from. Council member Sedgley also can be a tour guide for those things. I hear you've gone to school with everyone. Yes. <laughs> I spent six years in high school. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Four? All right. Pete, you get one. You can do the final, and then I we'll didn't have a wrap up. for one more. All right. Uh, you know where the moose head is? That's the only one I have. No. <laughs> Um, I have to answer that. Nope. <laughs> Not going there. You got through so many. You talked about vacation rentals. and This is what it would be like with me on the city council, quick and efficient. Yeah, the copia is a good one. Thank you. So you know copia is coming up. We're master planning the project. And, and there's a lot of, you know, with Oxbow there, with it being a separate district, what is, uh, so your ideas around uh, what happens over at copia? 
Copia is an excellent example of needing to respect the process. Um, we have a lot of ideas that are floating around. Some of them are good. You know, they're all worth considering. I think we have a long ways to go. I know they're in the process of, I think they've taken bids. I think they may be done taking bids now. Um, I'd like to see a master plan. I'd like to see CEQA review. Um, we have a ways to go before we're really um, deciding what's there. And it's not, it's That's not my place. Yeah. Okay, it's not my place as a council member to decide what goes in there. It's again my responsibility to lead the conversation and see, you know, what are people concerned about? What ideas do people have? You know, I'm not a design person. Um, council member Inman is really good at that. I would, you know, kind of defer to her with some of the, the actual design of what would go in there. Um, but I think it's more important for me to let people talk and let them come up with their own ideas and find a way to, you know, find something that works for that space that also integrates everything around it. Um, you know, I think we could solve a lot of problems with that development. I think, um, I know there's the possibility where they can buy the county uh, property that's behind Felipe's there um, in lieu of some affordable housing, um, which obviously we really need. So that might be a really good thing for us. Um, I'm excited to see what comes out of the bid process. I'm excited to see what the master plan looks like and I'm excited to see the whole process. And, and so do you support, uh, and I think I hear you say this, but you can reiterate it, um, you know, again, master planning the whole process, the whole property, regardless of what might have existed before in terms of zoning and, and some of what we've done over previous you know, master plans. I mean, it was master plan once. So um, is that what you're supporting to say? We need to look at the whole thing again yes. in conjunction with what's around it. I do. I do believe that we need to look at it again. Um, you know, there's... We have the hotel situation maybe happening. I think there's some zoning issues that need to be addressed, and I would support seeing a whole new master plan. Thanks. So um, you've got a minute or two to wrap it up and to um, give us why you'd be a great addition to the city council. Thank you, and thank you again for this opportunity. Um, I think that I would be great on the city council. As I mentioned before, you all bring something different to the table, and I think I would fit in well with you. I think we'd work well together. Um, I think being an attorney, being a business owner, being a business advisor, and being involved in the community um, gives me a breadth of experience that would be really useful. Um, as an attorney, I have experience with the law. I have experience with drafting and negotiating contracts, um, conflict resolution, a lot of negotiation, um, and the typical skills that an attorney would have. As a business owner, I have the experience um, where I can go out and talk with business owners and know exactly where they're coming from and know what their challenges are um, because I've been there. Um, I am a member of the Chamber of Commerce. I work actively with them. Um, and I would continue to do that as a council member. I also write a column for the Napa Register for uh, business law. Uh, I've been advising our community about business issues for, for about four years through the paper. Um, so I, I have a lot of experience as a business owner and then also as an advisor to other businesses. Um, keep going, okay. Um, as a business advisor, you know, I have, I have knowledge not just of how a business works, but also the financial side, which is such an important part um, you know, I know how to read a balance sheet. I know how to read a P&L. I know how to do a budget. I advise for-profit and non-profit businesses. I also have the experience of, you know, parliamentary procedure and norms of operation. Um, you know, I, in advising those corporations, I've written resolutions. I know how consent calendars work. I know how agendas work. Um, I understand the Brown Act. Um, 
and all of those conflicts of interest and ethics issues. And then I'm also very active in the community. So all of those things would make me the total package for being the next council member. Thank you. Thank you, Mary.